BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. China Stories How I Helped CNN Break the News When Deng Xiaoping Died Written by Mei Yan Published by Tushin Global Narrated by Nandini Venkata A quick note by the editor. February 19th marks the 25th anniversary of the death of Deng Xiaoping, who led China's sweeping economic overhaul. Mei Yan, who wrote this story, was then the head of the China desk at CNN. It was February 19, 1997. That morning, before the clock had even turned 6 a.m., I was awakened by the sound of my phone ringing. The first thought that popped into my mind was that it had to be an emergency. After many years of working as a journalist for CNN, I had made a habit of always being ready. Breaking news does not wait. I immediately jumped out of bed and answered the phone. It was CNN's international desk managing editor, Parisa Koshravi. Sorry, Anne, please come to the office immediately. There is an emergency. I got dressed, but had no time to put on makeup. And as I left, I told my husband, emergency, need to run. I rushed downstairs, got into my car, and headed for the CNN headquarters. As I arrived at the parking lot and locked my car, it was just daybreak. I felt a shiver down my spine and rushed into the office. As I entered the newsroom, it seemed like everyone had been waiting for me, and Parisa said, Yan's here. At that moment, CNN president Tom Johnson and other executives were gathering at CNN's international desk. Tom said he was on the phone with the White House, the U.S. Department of State, and the CIA, which were expecting CNN to confirm the big news. Whether it was true that Deng Xiaoping had died. All of them were looking at me, and at that moment, I was CNN's ace, as I was their only journalist from mainland China. Back then, China's rapid development after the reform and opening up was impressive, attracting increasing attention from media all over the world. I joined CNN in the 1990s and took my first job at Lou Dobbs Moneyline, combining the work with my doctoral studies in New York. When I received an invitation for an interview from CNN's new president, Tom Johnson, over the phone at the CNN Atlanta headquarters, I agreed without the slightest hesitation. On the day of my interview, I was having lunch with Eason Jordan, CNN's vice president and head of international news at the Omni Food Court, where he received a call saying that there was an emergency. The first Gulf War was about to break out. Without having finished the interview process, I was asked to start work right away. For the following six weeks, I was busy covering the Iraq War, never stepping outside Atlanta's Omni building 
even once. I saw all the war scenes that television viewers could not see. I also learned about how the US government and Department of Defense manipulated the news, as well as much undisclosed political background and operations by politicians. Maybe that's for another blog. In the 1990s, the world was undergoing great changes and restructuring. Working at the international desk of CNN, I was at the center of major global events, every minute, every day. On the morning of February 19th, 1997, or that's the evening of February 19th, Beijing time, all eyes were on Deng Xiaoping. Deng had been a great figure known as the architect of China's reform and opening up. He changed not only China and the fate of several generations of Chinese, but he also changed the whole world by altering the economic and power dynamics after the Cold War. In the days leading up to February 19th, all news reports asserted that Deng was critically ill. On this day in Beijing, rumor had it that all special cars for China's leaders on Chang'an Avenue, which are usually marked with the Jia A in their license plate numbers, were heading west towards the Chinese PLA General Hospital. This was a clear sign that something was happening, according to Andrea Kopel, CNN's Beijing correspondent. Tom Johnson wanted me to get more definitive information, and all eyes were on me. Nervously, I called my contacts in Beijing and was able to confirm that the doctors had been able to keep Dong alive for the moment. I remember very clearly that at 9.30 p.m. Beijing time, or 8.30 a.m. East Standard Time, I received final confirmation that Deng had passed away at the age of 92. I said to Tom Johnson, I just received the confirmation. Deng has passed away. I added that my information was 100% reliable. However, he was still hesitant about whether a second source was needed. This is the reporting principle of CNN. All news must be confirmed by at least two sources, never just one. Tom excitedly told the White House and the State Department hotlines that CNN had reliable information confirming Deng's death, but the CIA hotline told him that their sources had not yet confirmed it. I was irritated and told Tom that I could guarantee that my information was absolutely correct. We all hoped to get the final confirmation from China's Xinhua News Agency, which, however, was very slow releasing the news. Finally, Tom decided to give it a go. CNN's breaking news was the first US media to report the news. CNN sources from Beijing say Deng Xiaoping died an hour ago. Almost every news network around the world followed CNN's lead. From the time I got the confirmation to the official broadcast on CNN, there was a delay of nearly an hour. This showed CNN's cautious and professional attitude in broadcasting major news. My CNN colleagues came to congratulate me 
and CNN leaders, including Tom, gave me hugs. They were congratulating CNN on having the exclusive hotline. I, however, was not in the mood to celebrate. If it had not been for Dung, I might still be working in a remote village and would never have had the chance to go to school, let alone study abroad. It was Dung who brought our generation opportunities that Chinese people could only dream of at the time. He allowed us to change our fate, to see a brighter and more hopeful future, and to realize that no matter who you are and where you come from, as long as you seize the opportunity, work and study hard, you can achieve your dreams. From the bottom of my heart, I thank him and I wish him eternal peace.